Welcome, meeting makers. I'm your host, Lauren Green, meeting coach and facilitation trainer, here to help you unsuck your meetings one episode at a time. I've helped hundreds of professionals and organizations through leading inclusive, engaging, and productive meetings. And now I'm offering this podcast to help you do the same. Think of this podcast as an ongoing workshop, where each time you tune in, you'll get a bite-sized nugget of knowledge you can apply right away. If you lead meetings or might someday, you're in the right place. Let's make your meetings work. What up, meeting makers? We get it. Sometimes it's easiest just to send a quick text or an email. But did you know that only 7% of meaning can be received in text alone? That's according to Albert Moravian's study. What do you think the impact of that is? Think about it. If you can only get 7% of the meaning in words alone, where does the other 93% come from? Can you guess? If you guessed your head, you're right. We humans are meaning-making machines, and that means that our brains are always working to fill gaps in meaning. When the meaning is ambiguous, we fill the gap with whatever information we already have. If you typically think that Andrew is a jerk in person, you'll read Andrew's text that way. No offense to the Andrews out there. We know you mean well. That means at some point, a text or an email won't cut it. If you want to be understood, you need to escalate the medium of the conversation to something where more meaning can be shared and received. The trick is, when exactly do we reach that point? Here's a few simple questions to ask yourself. Can what I have to say be expressed in a few words? Will a simple confirmation or acknowledgement of the message meet my expectations? Will what I have to say or ask be received without many questions or concerns? Is the impact of what I have to ask or tell limited to just a few people? If you answered no to any of these questions, it's likely that a text or an email is not the way to go. It means there's potential for your message to be misunderstood and potentially create more trouble and work than you need. Likely, a phone call or a meeting would be better so that your meaning can be better communicated. By the way, we love Loom, that's like Zoom but with an L, for sending videos. I kind of wish they had invented video messages before emails because I sincerely believe our working relationships would be so much better if we could include tone and body language in more of our communications. With Loom, you can create secure videos immediately available in the cloud and then send a link to watch the video to whomever needs to receive it. We also use Loom to summarize long emails and share a note verbally to ensure that our message has a better chance of being understood the way that we intended it. Should your question or topic be addressed in a meeting, a phone call, an email, or a text message? Adjusting your communication style is tricky, meeting makers, so we've come up with a quick and easy quiz to help you decide whether you should go for a text, email, phone call, or a meeting. It takes about one minute to complete, just enough time for you to pause and reflect. You'll get your results right away, and even if you disagree and ignore your results, that's okay. At least you stopped and thought about how to proceed before sending an email or a text that you might regret. 
It's all about pausing, reflecting, and making a strategic choice. Find the quiz on our website at makemeetings.work forward slash quiz. Let's talk about an example from real life. I was once fired in a text message. I know, I know, it's so wrong. During my starving artist days living in New York City about a decade ago, I was a hostess in a fine dining establishment that shall not be named, but I can tell you it was on the Upper East Side. Good luck figuring it out. I had some miscommunication about my schedule, and I accidentally did not show up for a shift that I didn't know that I had. The maitre d' sent me a text that said, we're moving in another direction. Because I had already experienced some challenges with this person, I assumed that she meant she was firing me, and I became very upset after receiving that text. Later, on a phone call with the manager, I discovered that they were not planning to fire me at all, and they wanted to discuss what happened with my schedule. Ultimately, I ended up not working there anymore, a bad outcome for a completely avoidable situation that could have been remedied with a quick conversation or a meeting. So why do we hesitate from actually picking up the phone or organizing a meeting? Think back to a time when you knew deep down you should have picked up the phone and called instead of sending an email. Why didn't you? For most of us, it's time. The urgency of the moment or everything else that you had on your plate made you think, sending this email will just be faster. But was it really? If you went back and forth on an email or an instant messaging platform more than 10 times, if you spent more than a few seconds thinking about who to CC or BCC on your email thread, if you are getting one-line responses that you can't interpret, sending that email instead of a phone call or meeting hasn't saved you more time. In his TED Talk on Why Aren't We More Compassionate, Daniel Goleman, author of Emotional Intelligence, talks about a study done on a group of Princeton Divinity students tasked with writing a sermon on either being a good Samaritan or random Bible topics. They were told one by one to go to another building to give the sermon. And as they walked to that other building, they passed a man bent over and moaning, clearly in need. You might think, given their theology and values, every one of them would stop to help. It turns out that whether they stopped to help depended not on the sermon topic, but on how much of a hurry they thought that they were in. Goldman goes on to talk about how we're neurologically wired to want to empathize and help. But if we're focused solely on our own needs, in this case getting there on time, we don't consider the needs of others. Goldman's talk is amazing, and I definitely recommend giving it a watch. Here's a story that made me fall in love with Canadians. In 2022, I spent three weeks of the summer in beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia, two of which were spent in the metro Vancouver area. Walking back to my Airbnb during busy rush hour traffic, I noticed a baby bird in the middle of the sidewalk and thought, that's not right. Why isn't it moving? As I stopped to get closer, I looked around and noticed that three or four other people had also stopped from concern about the bird getting trampled. We concluded that this was a baby bird who had hopped the nest a little early, and not wanting to move him far but at least prevent him from getting pancaked, we worked together to find a gentle leaf to nudge him into the nearby brush. I felt like this was such a great example of a culture that is often considered more community-minded and took the time to lend a helping hand, or in this case, a helping leaf. 
So that's the big aha. Time. We never have enough, but here's the thing. You actually do. You can make time for what's important, but you have to decide what's most important and be okay with setting boundaries and priorities. If you'd like some help with this, we've dropped a link to our blog on setting boundaries in the description. Now let's talk about a strategy you can use when you're feeling rushed and perhaps about to make a rushed decision to send a text or First, Prague. Did I get your attention? Good. I heard this from Lori Durnell at The Grove. It stands for Pause, Relax, Open, and Good Breathing. Prague. Take a pause. Try to relax. Open the front of your body and take a few deep breaths. Pause, relax, open, good breathing. Breathing is proven to activate your parasympathetic nervous system. That's the one that pumps the brakes on your fight-or-flight response. With a sound mind, you can consider your options and decide the best course of action. Changing a habit is hard, meeting makers, so check out the one-minute quiz to help you decide whether you should go for a text, email, call, or meeting. Even if you disagree and ignore your results, that's okay. At least you stopped and thought about how to proceed, and that's the most important thing. In the rest of the season, we're going to deep dive into what it looks like to take the right amount of time in the right meetings for those you work with, lead, and support so that everyone can do their best work and be their best selves. Are you ready to get started? Keep listening for episode three, where we'll talk about how to establish or revise your rhythm of routine meetings with your teams. Let's make your meetings work. This podcast was written by Lauren Green and produced by Caitlin Murray. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a few seconds to rate and review so future meeting makers can find our community. Download a visual summary of this episode in the description and be sure to join the conversation in our Meeting Makers Facebook group. Want help with your next meeting? Reach out at makemeetings.work forward slash contact and we'll set up time to chat.